listening to Divorce Happy Hour with your hosts, Christina Previtt and John Knocklinger. We're two divorce lawyers from New Jersey here to talk about love, life, and divorce. Whether you're thinking about divorce, going through one now, or been there, done that, or if you're just a divorce voyeur, this show is for you. To learn more about us and our law firm, you can find us at centraljerseyfamilylaw.com. You can also find us on social media. Just search for NJ Divorce Solutions on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Let us know if you like the show or hate the show and what topics you'd like us to cover in the future. Please keep in mind that this show is for informational purposes only. It's not intended to take the place of legal advice. If you need legal advice, please call New Jersey Divorce Solutions at 732-384-1550 and mention this program for a free consultation. Welcome back. Today on the show, we have a very special guest. We have Kim Grandma, who is a former client. And today we have her on the show to talk about what it's like to go through this whole mess of a legal process involving divorce when you're not an attorney and you're the one that's on the other side. So thank you so much for joining us today, Kim. Thank you for having me. No, it's wonderful. It's, it's, um, it's kind of unnerving sometimes to talk about yourself and your life. So I, we really appreciate you coming on the show today. And I think your perspective will be appreciated by a lot of people. I'm sure. I, I'm sure it will. Wonderful. So I assume we're recording this spring break week. Are your kids are on spring break this week? They are on spring break, and we've been trying to keep very busy, which is totally exhausting. But we're almost halfway through. Now, are you getting ready for them to go back to school? Like, Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> how, how hard is it keeping track or keeping them all occupied enough during this week? Well, thankfully enough, one is out of the house and working. One is going to school this week because he already had his spring break, and two of them are home. So it's been pretty manageable, especially my daughter's a social butterfly and makes plans on her own. So I'm a I'm good at math. It sounds like you have four. There you go. Well, actually, well, hold on a minute. It's actually four. But I have to count because I already had a little cocktail. Seven, seven because I have three dogs. Oh, okay. I was gonna say, wow. Yeah. <laughs> yes, Christina. Yes. Christina doesn't think that dogs count as children. Oh, Christina, honey, they do. I know. They I'm... are babies. Like, forget about it. And and I just got a new one. Like, I needed a hole in the head um, because my daughter wanted one, and it was cute. And it's like having a baby all over again. Yeah, John, John gets mad at me all the time because I'll just say probably some insensitive things about, like, somebody I know said, uh, spent like $10,000 on surgery for a dog. And I was like, what? <laughs> let the dog go to doggy heaven and he was like what you can't do that i know that was me that spent the money on my (laughs) dog 10k (laughs) 10k hey you know what i love you doggy but bye now oh no i was fumbling (laughs) like what okay put put this credit card that credit card that credit card i don't care oh my god and then they're also and they won't release the dog to you you have to give them like a nice chunk down so they know a lean on the dog services that's like if you take your car and you don't pay a, them. Don't a give mechanics your car back. lean. Yeah. Well, wait a minute. So, Christine, I take it that you have no animals. I don't. I've I have had dogs in the past, but when I had to give up my dogs just because of family reasons, I let someone else have the dog. So maybe maybe I'm missing a chip. <laughs> I, I think so because I would be devastated. I mean, the dogs. I sometimes like them better than my children. 
Yeah, well, they always love you, right? No matter what. They never get mad at you. Never. Never, ever. They are just such a love, and I'm sure John can vouch for that also. Well, Sometimes Christina loves my dog. dog. Christina loves my I, dog. I call his dog Mongrel. Oh, no. <laughs> Why? Because he's an old dog, and when I babysit, I'm, I'm also Sydney's godmother. Yeah, um, I know. So I don't call it... I don't call it babysitting. I call it godparenting. But when I go over there to godparent, every single time in the morning, I wake up and there's poop on the floor. From from the dog, not Sydney. That's because he knows you don't like him. And I'm just like, why? 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 Well, obviously. So question for you, Christine. (laughs) When John gets old and can't hold his bowels, what are you going to call him? Mongrel. (laughs) <laughs> well, Christina already calls me that, so I think we're good to go. <laughs> well, who knows what I'll call? I'm too. I'm a few years older than him, so who knows what I'll be doing? Oh goodness, that's hysterical! Hey, well, I've I never. Think we have to get you like in the dog mode. We'll have to have you come over here. Oh, I would like. To I get agree. A dog. You know what? I've never told anyone your age, so you just told everyone on the radio. Well, not really. What's just the older than a me. A few years older, older than, than you. Yeah, a few years. And, and that two is years. in the 30 range, 40 range. There could be a four in there. There <laughs> could be a four in there. I'm with you, Christine. Just just had a birthday. I, I hear you. But I am. I, I still look better than John does because I take advantage of certain medical technologies that are available <laughs> to us. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Uh, that's hysterical listen you have to keep up on the work that's right well so anytime that we have any case where people are fighting about custody of a dog christina's like thinks they're the it's ridiculous and this is so stupid i'm always the one like are these people really serious they're gonna spend thousands of dollars on this and john will just say you don't understand you don't have a dog well i think that we have to put a dog in your life, so we could put some empathy there with the animal situation. Because me, I would save the bird on the side of the road, the deer that got hit, the squirrel that got ran over. Like, I cannot handle that. I don't want any of the dogs to die. I'm not no, wishing not death on any of die, them. But it's just, you but know, I, I... Like, there was ducks, baby ducks crossing the road, and cars were going. And my cousin, my husband thought I was completely insane because I got out of the car, and I stopped all traffic until all ducks were across the road safe. You would keep driving, correct? <laughs> Probably. Okay. <laughs> I'd be annoyed that the ducks were slowing me down. I would slow down for the ducks. <gasps> A lot of people were annoyed. However, I think they were more annoyed that I was out there stopping the traffic. Well, we're in New Jersey, you know, and that's just how it is. Everyone's in a hurry. Right. Yes. Yes, I agree. So, Kim, we've talked about this on the show a couple of times, but you this is your first time on the show. So I'm going to ask you, what is your feeling on this whole thing where parents have been buying their kids' way into college? Oh, God, disgraceful. I think it sets no morals for the children, and it just shows them that they can just buy their way into anything. And I'll be honest with you, I see that a lot, especially where I'm from right now, where the kids are first-time cars are driving brand-new Mercedes and Porsches and convertibles. And, you know, it's all about what their child has rather than what's important to them. And a lot of the children are, I think, coming down with, like, more anxiety and stress because of this. Yeah, I've talked to someone I know who's a psychologist and she treats teenagers and she said that it's astounding how much anxiety teenagers have. 
Just about through everybody, actually. Has. It's, you, you know what? It's not even the teenagers. I, myself, being a parent of four children, um, all of my children had anxiety, and in fact, two of them were so extreme that I had to pull them out of the school district because they weren't able to meet their needs and uh, place them privately because of the anxiety. And years ago, we'll say that lightly, there was no, no talk of this. Nobody, no child had anxiety. Yeah, now everybody has anxiety. Everybody. Everybody, everybody has, has anxiety. There is everything going on out there. It's just insane. And I think it's very sad, and I think it's poor judgment. And I really do hope that they have to pay the piper because it's just not right. Because you have a lot of money and you have a high name ranking out there because you're a star doesn't mean that you can always get what you want. Yeah. Well, they think they can, so I agree with you. I think think they all should be punished in some way. I mean, how long did Martha Stewart go to jail? Five months or something? I, mean, I don't was, know. This is at least as bad as what she did, if not worse. So I, I, I really— Well, I think, I think it's worse than what Martha Stewart did. Well, then, then they should at least go to jail for five months. I mean, where'd she go? Martha she, Stewart was trying to make a little money on some stock. Yeah, yeah. that's right. She played dirty that way too, which is wrong, also. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm not trying to suggest yeah. that it was no big deal, but I this. I don't know. This this really hits home for me because these kids got into college where someone else, maybe more deserving, who really needed that spot to be successful in life, didn't get it. Get in right? Maybe because they didn't have rich parents that were going to buy their way in. Exactly. That's and the part that really bothers me. There's so many children that have to pay their own tuition and take out all these student loans just to get to where they want to be. And with the clap of a hand, everything was taken care of. Well, it's like what everyone always says. There's a different set of rules for the rich than there is for everybody else. I totally agree with that. I mean, they, they find ways to pay, pay less in taxes than they really should. They find way to get, ways to get their kids into college that so maybe their kids shouldn't get into. Maybe they should, some of these kids, I'm sure, can get into those colleges on their own merits, but, which is really what's sad because some of these kids may have been able to get into those schools without their parents' help, and their parents were so you know, scared that their kids weren't we'll going to go to the right know. college. And, and I really, I think what was, what was underlying beneath all of that was they just, it was pride. They just wanted to brag that their kid, well, I guess I'm talking about Lori Laughlin mostly. She wanted to brag that her kids were going to USC. That's what that was about. God forbid she should not, she should have to be embarrassed and they go somewhere else. I don't know what other schools are in that general area or, you know, that to me, that's just ridiculous. Yeah. I happen to agree with you. Well, we'll see what kind of example gets set. Yeah. So moving on, Nicholas Cage's wife of four days, Erica Kolke, is seeking spousal support. Ooh. That's, that's the <laughs> dumbest thing I've ever four heard. Four days. Four days. <laughs> he must have mentally really tortured her. <laughs> well, it says that he did fall for an annulment. So, I mean, what? Well, the only way I would agree with this is if he went to Vegas and won a lot of money, then that's marital and she should get some of that. Well, you know, they got, ha- they got married in Vegas, so was he drunk, I guess? I don't know. Probably was. Having a good time going but, through the drive-thru. But four days. 
I mean, give me a break. Well, the whole idea when you have to share what you've accumulated during your marriage is that it's you know kind of like a business. It's a joint enterprise. You'll find case law that refers to it that way. So that just because maybe one person didn't work and the other one did, or maybe one was earning more, that doesn't mean that the person who was earning more contributed more. You both contributed. You took care of the home. You raised the children. You you did other things that you can't measure in, in dollars. So that all of this, you know, what you can measure in dollars should be split. So that's really the whole idea behind that. But I don't see how that could have happened in four days. It couldn't have. I mean, she clearly sees somebody she thinks has money, although... I seem to remember Nicolas Cage has had some issues with money over the years. Yeah, I don't. I think I've read here and there that Nick Cage was having financial problems. Yeah, well, I mean, this is what gives everyone a bad name, like divorce attorneys divorce and lawyers. because there's somebody out there is pushing this along, trying to get her alimony after four days of marriage. Well, really, what what the wife's attorney is trying to do is get go away money mm-hmm. from someone who may be wealthy or has access to money, right? I think, I think you hit the nail on the head. That's right. It's go like, away money. Yeah. Let's let's see what he's willing to give us to just make this all go away. And you know what? He probably will. He will give her something to make it all go away. Oh, I think he absolutely will. Oh, I think he absolutely will. All right. Moving on to next article. So our office is in Edison, New Jersey. And what's interesting about this article is it's about Edison. And Kim, you might find this interesting because it's also about school. So in Edison, the town has grown so fast that there's not enough school space for all the kids. And the Board of Education is actually suing the town to stop all new uh, zoning applications from being approved for residential space. Because... Right, frankly, there's just not enough room in these schools, and they're not giving them enough money to build the schools. Because, as we know in New Jersey, there's not enough money to go around because we're already taxed quite a bit as it is. So, do you guys have any kind of similar issues where you live, uh, Kim, in terms of the school being overcrowded, not having the sufficient resources for the kids? We definitely have um, a problem. There are multiple um, lawsuits out there where. We have to sue the school district to pull our child out to put them in the proper environment because they just don't have the resources. And the training that they're supposed to do, for instance, one thing is dyslexia. They do not have an appropriate program, and they kind of put band-aids all over these children, which eventually turns into serious anxiety where the children don't even want to go to school. The teachers aren't trained. They put them in a three-week course. That's not, that's not enough training to help a child with dyslexia. And where I am, where we pay over $20,000 in taxes, I think I'm entitled to send my son to school where he can get a proper education, where it's the least restrictive environment, and they do not have the resources to do so. Well, that's what you would think, is that if you're paying that much in taxes, that the school system would be able to accommodate um, children. And, you know, this is an issue you're going through, and, you know, your husband and you are doing this with the United Front. I mean, can you imagine, you know, if you're doing, if you're fighting the schools and you're divorced and the other parent is not on the same page with you? I mean, I can only imagine how difficult that would be um, and how the children suffer because they don't have their parents on a United Front. That would be heartbreaking because I am a big advocate where 
when two people are married and unfortunately the marriage doesn't work out for whatever reason, whether it's somebody cheating or just not in love or just differences, that child comes first. And nobody should put their child as a pawn. Nobody should badmouth the other parent because the child is going to be affected by it. Nobody else. The adults are going to move on and be fine. But the child is going to walk around with the emotional scars. And I can say so from experience because I did go through a divorce and I did have a child from a previous marriage. How many years ago were you divorced? Oh, my goodness. Now you're going to make me very old. (laughs) Oh, God. Let's see. I'm over about 20 years ago. Wow. You got divorced 20 years ago? I got divorced 20 years ago. I was I was 21 when I gave birth to my first son, and we had a very short marriage, and it has not been an easy road going forward, especially when you take, you know, my ex-husband and myself who both got remarried and my f- number one priority was my son and his wasn't. It's very hurtful for the child. Mm. He suffered. He suffered immensely where, you know, when I married my husband, he knew it was a package deal, and everybody in his family had to treat my son just like they would their grandchildren. So we're talking about your first husband. My first husband. Okay. No, no, no. I'm sorry. My, My second husband, when I first met my second husband, he knew that it was a package deal. And in yeah. fact, I was very, very strict in the beginning that I didn't even let him meet my, my son until a year, until I knew that I felt that we had some sort of relationship and trust and bond, because my son, I didn't want to introduce him just to anybody. And when his father got remarried, the wife's parents treated him like garbage. They would buy children, the grandchildren gifts, and let my son sit there with nothing. And he was only seven or eight years old. How do you do that? That's terrible. Heartbreaking. So then how long were you married to your second husband? My second husband, I am still married. We are Okay, so I'm thinking like all this time ago, John, you represented her in a divorce? No, uh, other things. Okay, I think that's where I was losing you because I know John's been practicing a little under 20 years. So I was going to say, well, how did that happen? (laughs) I had to go back in and and fortunately he didn't want to give what he needed to for the schooling. But thank God for John. He is number one and... He got me everything and anything that I was entitled to get. And oh. he should take responsibility. <laughs> oh, Kim. Oh, Kim. Stop. Well, now we know why Kim is on the show. <laughs> he did. I you didn't know, pay I, Kim anything for this. I, well, I always say that whenever I refer John's office, that he is a quiet pit bull. Oh. You may not think he's going on the attack, but he knows how to get the job done. Okay, and I mean that wholeheartedly. That's oh, well, nice. Thank you. So... I'm the noisy, loud pit bull. <laughs> yeah, you're like me, Christine. We would, go, we would get together very well. We would be terrific. <laughs> so I'm curious, Kim, because you've obviously you got divorced and you just were, uh, you alluded to the fact that you've been involved in disputes with your ex-husband since you were divorced, which we can talk about a little bit more. But Throughout this process, you have been represented by various different attorneys, correct? Uh, Yes, I had one other attorney before, which took care of the divorce. All right. So 
thinking about somebody in your shoes who you know is an attorney, knows nothing about the process, and they're going about looking for somebody that can help them, what are the kinds of things you would tell them to kind of look for in an attorney from your experience? Well, I think it's very important to definitely ask around, because unfortunately nowadays a lot of people are divorced, and get references and do your own research, because if you do not have the right attorney, you will not do well at all. Unfortunately, it's what they know and how many years they've been practicing, rather than just getting somebody that just started. And I know that's not a fair thing to say, but when you have so many assets and a child that's involved, you really have to be careful. And you have to document everything. Why well, I I do agree with that. I mean, I think that once you get to a certain level, that it it's not just the years of experience. I'd say maybe ten or more years, maybe like ten to fifteen years or more. I think that's someone who has been around long enough if they've been doing exclusively family all that entire time. Because so that is something you'd want to ask them. You just get to know the nuances over that period of time. You get to see the little mistakes that happen time and again. And you learn sometimes just from other people's mistakes not to make those mistakes. And it's just like life, right? The uh, 40-year-old is most likely going to have more life experience and be a little smarter than a 30-year-old, right? Because they've just done more. They've been through more. They've experienced more. Yeah, more seasoned. Yeah, seasoned. And and um, I think that does make a difference. But then I think you get to a point where, you know, someone who's been practicing 30 years isn't necessarily better than someone who's been practicing 12 or 15 years, you know, that I agree on. Yeah. I wasn't saying oh, like, no, it I has know. to be. Yes, as long as it's they're not their first year. Oh, yeah. If, they, know, if you, they just got out of a clerkship last year, probably, yeah, yeah, I think they have some things to learn. But there can also be a positive with that because they would be very hungry to be successful and also go out on a limb, I think, to win their case, I you think know, for their clients. that's true, because when I had started practicing law, I've been doing it about 15 years now, I remember when I started out, I was, I was like that. I was not jaded yet. I yeah. was um, very energetic. I was so excited to be embarking on this career as a divorce lawyer. And I, and as I got to know more, I would say probably around the five-year mark, I started to feel much more comfortable. And I would go to court and there would be older, older attorneys, more experienced attorneys, and they would absolutely underestimate me. They would think that because I'm young or was, was young and because I was inexperienced compared to them, that it was going to just be easy. And I can't even tell you how many times I went and just won the day because I was prepared and probably over-prepared. And they just, quite frankly, they just underestimated me. I agree. But I think the client and the attorney relationship, there has to be an understanding, a connection. Yeah. But there's a fine line between that because it's not a connection where you guys are a therapist for your clients. It's a connection where your attorney understands what happened, what needs to be done, and goes forward with that. I agree. Yeah. So So you really have to meet this person and get a sense of sometimes it's not just something you decide on paper like, okay, well, they've they do family law. They've been doing it a long time. They are in my geographic area. You know, my girlfriend said this person was good. You really have to meet them 
and see if you have that chemistry and that rapport. I, I, I agree. And also, you know, references and doing your research. Your references yeah. are always good. I tell people all the time that picking an attorney is not unlike uh, picking a therapist. Like you'll meet with a, you might go to therapy and just not connect with the first therapist yeah. you're with. There's nothing wrong with saying, okay, this didn't work. I need to go somewhere else. Um, we have people all the time that ask us, well, they're being represented by somebody who they're just not jiving with. And they're like, they want to change to a new attorney. They're like, well, won't it look bad if I change? Won't it look bad if the judge sees me change attorneys? And we tell them, no. They under- Judges understand, everyone understands, that sometimes you just don't mix with somebody. And you need a different perspective. And the person you thought you were getting on day one's really not what it, who they ended up being. So I think those are all good things. And it's one thing that we we harp on a lot is you know making sure you choose the right person for you and yeah. your circumstances because that's the person that you're going to be you're going to be going through one of the toughest times in your life with. Yes, I agree. You know, and it's so you. How long have you been remarried? I've been remarried happily for eighteen years. Wow, wonderful! That's a long time. Congratulations. Yes. Well, thank you very much. I, you know, after, what is it, the seven-year itch, they say, um, we've gotten through that, and we've gotten through, you know, raising four beautiful kids. I have three girls and one boy, and we've had many ups and downs. I, unfortunately, have a child with severe anxiety and um, bipolar and another child with dyslexia. We've gone through every walk, and people have to understand that marriage is just not easy. It's a commitment, and you really have to be 100% ready to make that commitment, and it's not always um, easy. It's a give and take, and it's really a friendship that you have to form and a trust. So your husband uh, owns a construction company? My husband owns a construction company. They do all business as well as residential, and he is amazing. He loves it. Well, that's good. I Riverbrook, Riverbrook Construction. I've never heard of that, but it sounds like uh, sounds like he's got his hands busy, which is great. He's got his hands busy. He is a jack of all trades, and he's you know what? He's a good, honest, working individual. Not a lot of contractors are good and honest. Well, that's so nice to hear you say that about your husband. It is nice to hear you say that. <laughs> I have to. He's going to hear this, right? <laughs> but, well, I don't want to jinx you, but if you ever get divorced, he's going to have this recording, too. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. That's okay, because I got the quiet pit bull, and I got the loud pit bull. So he's done. That's right. He doesn't stand a chance. <laughs> <laughs> and I believe that Riverbrook Construction is probably subject to equitable distribution. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. You hit the nail right on the head. <laughs> so why don't we move back a little bit in time? Because this is something that I always um, kind of, I don't know, I scratch my head about it when I meet with people who are coming to me for a consultation and they'll say, that they're thinking about a divorce, they're not happy. Some, a lot of them are like very adamant that they're not happy, they don't want to be in this marriage anymore, um, you know, that their husband or, or wife doesn't treat them with respect. Um, and then I, but then when it comes time to say, okay, well, let's move forward, I get the resistance. Oh, I have to, I don't know, I have to think about it. And, 
And I always think, well, what is there to think about? You just spent an hour complaining about your spouse, how you can't stand them, all these nasty things they do to you. What's there to think about? So and can the, you and the fangs do come out? Yeah, it's, right. It's, it's, or, it's like one day love, and the next day it's like everything that this person did that could just make you like vomit. <laughs> yeah. So I, I feel like I am missing something. So that's that's why I'm so happy to have you talking to us because you're on the other side talking about how you experienced this. So what were you going through when you were wanted to get a divorce, and what made you actually finally just say, I'm, I'm done with this. I need to move forward. You know, there were other things in my life when I first got married that kind of made me want to get married. Um, but I was always a mother at heart, always wanted to have a child. And I thought that getting married would change certain things that were not healthy in the relationship, which is a big, big mistake, which a lot of people make. Yeah. And once I did that, you're already in the marriage, and you have to try. But, you know, you're talking many years ago when I was, I was more mature than him. Sorry, you know, but I think females do mature a little bit faster. I agree with that, Kim. <laughs> no comment. John, don't even go there. No comment. <laughs> and um, he just wasn't ready to be responsible. His priorities were different than mine. And at that point, I knew that my son, as well as myself, deserved to be happy and live a good life. And I, very scary. I probably didn't eat for two weeks when this first started happening. Um, it's, you know, went from nice to dirty, where he was emptying out all the bank accounts and left me with nothing. And, you know, I I look back at it now, and I don't know how I got through it, but... I've, I've said this to John a million times. It's made me the woman that I am today. So when I see somebody else going through this, I always tell them, did you try? Did you try 10 times over? Because when you have children involved, it's not just you. It's your children. And if you're not happy and you're fighting in front of the children and there's no connection, that's not the way the children should grow up. Absolutely. I, that's something I try to point out because I hear the others. I hear the other excuse, which is, well, I, I feel like an obligation to try to make things work for my children. And I do think people really believe that in their heart. But I, I always think, but what kind of example are you setting for your children? They're seeing this dysfunctional relationship and they're learning that that's just the way relationships are and that's normal. Um, they, they do see that. And that's why a lot of children are the way they are today. And when we have children, you know, I'm blessed to have such an amazing relationship. And trust me, it's not always roses and daffodils. You know, there's many times that I want to, you know, bite him, kill him. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> you know, when he eats like a sparrow, it's like pulling my teeth out. <laughs> yeah. And he's, yeah, no, and my kids, too, we all want to, like, crawl under the table and, like, die. But I am very blessed to have somebody actually care about me and my well-being and love me so much. And when children see this, I feel that you're just setting them up with the love, the empathy, and higher standards rather than to see two parents constantly fight and degrade each other. Where does that leave the children? Yeah. It's... When, well, when, when my daughter's friends or my son's friends come over and my husband and I are hugging or kissing, 
you know, the, the kids always comment. They're like, we don't see this. Really? You know, we'll, we'll get up and dance. You know, we feel that that's important. But we're happy and we're lucky. So, so going back to the, the first marriage, um, what was, would you say that there was a moment when you had finally just said, I, this, I can't do this anymore? It was absolutely a moment, and you don't realize, um, especially when you come from two different religions or two different backgrounds, something happens when you give ch- have children, you feel like you're oats, and when you don't discuss this beforehand, it weighs in on the marriage. And one was religion, I being of a Jewish background, and my husband was of Irish Catholic, he wanted to christen, and I didn't want to, and this isn't something that we discussed which put a big weight on our relationship, as well as we came from two totally different worlds and two totally different lives. And I knew I was miserable. I was so unhappy, and I was sad. And I wasn't myself. And it wasn't fair to put my son through that, even though I will make the comment that has stuck with me forever, where my I had three children, and my son from my first marriage was here, and he lived a great life. Him and my husband, his stepfather, had an amazing relationship. But he turned around to me and started crying, and I never knew he felt this way. He goes, it's not fair that my brothers and sisters get to see their father every day, and I don't. And that has weighed on me heavily. But the love and the support and the, you know, encouragement that I've given him, I didn't have to tell him that his father wasn't the best husband mm-hmm. or father. He found that out later on, and that's like my whole point. I just had to give him the, the correct background and the love and support from his new family that he was okay, and people don't realize that. So They're is his involved. dad uninvolved? His dad um, decided to pick up and move to North Carolina um, with his new wife and never really saw him that much anymore. So he went from seeing him um, on three days a week, you know, till he wouldn't even pick him up on the weekends till maybe like twice a year. And that was very mm-hmm. hurtful. Yeah. And I was an example, and, then I tell, and I try to tell this to everybody, and it makes me so mad when the parents are at odd odds and they can't even get along and see each other, I would always welcome my ex-husband in my home. Come hang out. Be in his environment. Go downstairs. Play video games. Go in his room. You're more than welcome. And, he and I'm just sure it wasn't, wasn't interested. for my husband, but, but we did it for my son. Yeah. That's rare. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's the way it should be, John. It because should you know be. what? These are children with hearts and brains and they need this backing from both parents. You need to put down your differences. Well, the problem is, and last week we had Dr. Capania on the show, who's a, uh, a custody expert. He was talking about the fact that the major problem here is that people look at kids as something to win or lose. Yes. You know, and yes. you're my possession and, you know, I'm winning time with you. Yeah, you know, that inst- is the attitude that we see a lot. Yeah, instead of concentrating on what's best for them. And sure, having the having the two parents have a great relationship is is great. It takes a really big person to be able to do that, to be able to put aside 
whatever contempt they have for the other, the ex-spouse, you know, sometimes we can get caught up thinking about the nasty things they did or said or, you know, the immoral things they did. If they cheated on us, if they stole money from us, it's really hard to get past those things. But when you have children, if you're able to be the bigger person, the better person and do that for your child. So you really... I've heard people say you have to love your child more than you hate your ex-spouse. And you know, I, didn't, I didn't hate him. I tried to make it work. Unfortunately, his spouse was very jealous of me. Until this day, my son graduated college. My husband went. Um, we left the children at home just so we could have a weekend by ourselves. How dare <laughs> and you? He, he went with his children and the wife, he t- and I said, how come your wife didn't come? And his answer was because she has a hard time being around you. Oh, Lord. And that is just so sad. And, you know, something it reflected on my son. And she's always been angry and he's gotten the brunt of it. And there should be some sort of after-divorce, well, let me ask um, you, is she ugly? <laughs> no, you don't well, have to answer that. You don't <laughs> yeah, well, no, like a parenting-like thing where, they, by law, they have to work together. You know what? I feel that if you're marrying someone who you know has a past, they've been married before, so that means there's an ex-wife, there may be children, you are accepting your part in all of that. You can't expect that wife and those children to just disappear because you don't want them around because they're inconvenient. They don't realize it. They're not... It's selfish. Yeah, they don't... and, And exactly, and that's what she is. And you know something? It's okay. And my son has become an amazing person because of it. Does he have anxiety? Yes, he does. Does he go speak to somebody? Yes, he does. But he's okay. And that's my biggest thing with parents going through divorce when they turn around and say i'm not letting them see my children i'm not you're only hurting your child yeah it's 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 just it's it's mind-boggling that why would you want to do that and yes i understand there are spouses that cheat and thank god i didn't experience that i would have hate for my ex-husband if he did that yeah but i i still wouldn't want to take away the fact that that's their their other parent yeah, that will that other person will always be the parent, right? You can't change your parents, can't change who they are. So. Sometimes you want to, but you know, you don't get to. How old, I agree. How old was your um, son whenever his father moved to North Carolina? He had to be probably around six. Oh, that's so young. Oh. So young, and he didn't get to see him. And I have to tell you, very disappointing because my ex paid me child support and alimony. His wife felt that that was James's birthday gift and Christmas gift, and my son would sit there and get nothing where his children did. That's terrible. That's horrible. That's really terrible. It's heartbreaking, and that's why I'm such a big advocate. And if I could just get through to even one person, not to be selfish. It's your children, for God's sake. You need to be mindful of that because you know what? Whether they might not be affected now, but years down the road... It's going to affect them. So who initiated the divorce? Was it you or him? I did. I was miserable and was saying it for such a long time. And one day he was like, okay, let's get one. And I looked at him like, really? (laughs) So you were almost kind of waiting for some sort of confirmation from him. 
I guess I was, yeah. and I was scared because at that point I was very, it was important to me to be a stay-at-home mom, to be with my child, and now it's like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? I have to go out there. I have to work. I have to leave my child with somebody that I don't know, and this is insane. But after the, and, and again, I, I tell everybody that goes through this, it's like a mourning process. Yeah. Um, first, you're going to be really hurt. And then you're going to be really angry, and then you're going to be okay. I like that. I like that, too. Yeah. I totally, and you really have to, deep down in your soul, to learn about yourself and figure out that you're okay, whether you're with somebody or you're not. Well, I hear um, a lot of guilt from people, you know, especially the person that wants that wants to get a divorce that just doesn't want to be in the relationship anymore. And maybe the other party doesn't feel that way. Maybe they, they're like, no, let's work things out. What can I do better? I'll be different. But and there's I'm a lot of guilt. You right there because mm-hmm. I feel that that's a lie. And if mm-hmm. one person is unhappy, the other person's unhappy too. They're just scared to admit it. Yeah, you know, I think I tend to agree with you about mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're scared to admit it. They're scared to be on their own. They're scared to take on the responsibilities that maybe they didn't have to, whether it be financial or responsibility of just tending to the children on their own. Um, you know, they're not easy having every other weekend with a spouse, an ex-spouse, when you're used to being with your child all the time and now you have this free time, which in the beginning I sat there and cried. But I'm not going to lie, within a couple of months, I was kicking my heels up going, woohoo, where are we going? <laughs> <laughs> Let's go out and have a good time. <laughs> so, Kim, is there anything that um, you would go back in time and tell your younger self, self, you should do this, that, or the other thing w- when you were going through the divorce process? I probably would have been smarter to watch my bank account. Um, unfortunately, everybody told me to take half of it out, and then you can argue about it later, but I was too trusting, and I wish that I had the attorney to either freeze the assets or guide me the right way to tell me that, which burned me, and I was left with nothing. In fact, funny story, before he, um, the credit cards were in his name because I didn't work. And I don't know what was in my mind. God, I must have lost it. I went to the supermarket. I made four or five trips. And do you know the number one thing that I bought? What? Paper towels. Hmm. I don't know why, but I was possessed to buy probably about 15 cases of paper towels. Your mind is just not with it. So I didn't think about it. I would buy diapers, but I, I should have stocked up on diapers because he, unfortunately, he played dirty, which it, it can happen. And I would have been smarter in that aspect. But I can proudly pat myself on the back to say that I did everything right by my son. I never took talked bad about his father until I met John to realize what a piece of garbage he was, that he didn't want to pay for things that he should have. Um, I, I really, it made me the woman I am today, which I am strong, I like myself, and I am really proud of myself that I've made it through and come this far. You should be. I am. And you're, great, I, and you're a great dancer, too. 
I well, I can shake my little bun bun, and I try to teach Sydney to be sassy. Yeah, well, people aren't going to know what you're talking about. What do you do, Kim? I was a dancer all my life. Well, actually, when I was little, I was on TV commercials and movies, and I did print work. Oh. And I've danced all my life. And when I first got divorced, before I had my other three children, I went back to dancing. And about six years ago, a good friend of mine owned a studio and contacted me and asked me if I want to come back, and I did. And I love it because it's for me, and it's something that I enjoy. And I especially enjoy teaching my little Sydney. <laughs> Aww. Is she oh, good? Is she cute? Wait till you see the show, Christina. Oh, that's right. They're, mm-hmm. all, they're all good in their own way. Miss mm-hmm. Kim pulled a lucky number for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you've had some issues with your ex-husband, as you were just saying, since you got divorced. So how long how long did it go before you started having those problems? Um, college. When my son first went to college, actually, when you asked me to go back and change something, I would have put something in there for college. What exactly, whose responsibility would be what? And when it was time for him to go to college, he made a nice amount of money. He made a couple hundred thousand dollars and wanted to split the college with me 50-50, where I've always had my son every weekend when he was supposed to. I've, I've done everything above and beyond for my son. And at that point, he's like, let's just split it. And something went off in my head to say, mm-mm, I think you need to be more responsible. And that's when I reached out to John Knocklinger, who then informed me, yes, you are 100% correct. He does need to be more responsible, which thank God I did. And he was angry and pissed, but I, we stuck to our guns. And thankfully so, my son was given another gift to not have any um, loans for college. It was paid for. So do you think that that process was... Uh, better or worse than the actual divorce itself? Oh, my God, much better. Well, that's good. The divorce, you know, you're grudging up every dirty thing and just really trying to get a handle on it and to fight for what you think is right. And I think years down the road, I was much more educated to say, listen, I'm not going to fight with you. I'm going to hire the proper attorney to deal with it if you don't want to agree with me. So, yes, the actual... Settlement was much in my son's favor, which gave him four years of college where he did not have to worry about money, which was a gift. Yeah, unfortunately, I mean, I think your son was probably, obviously your son was one or two years old, right, when you got divorced. Um, Your son, unfortunately, was involved to some degree whenever this whole dispute over college came up. He, my husband, my ex-husband, yes, took it out on him and was very angry at him. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Yeah, it, that is so strange. Well, it, you know, it, trying to appeal to him, and you know, he's not getting what he wants from from his ex wife, so he's trying to appeal to his son. And what about today? Do they have a relationship today? Not the relationship that they should. And it's so sad because my ex husband never got to live with his son. He, you know, he's lived always with me. And when he moved to North Carolina to go to college, which was his father's idea, which I was very upset about because he didn't look at any other college. But I went along with it because, you know what, listen, it's his decision. If that's where he wants to go, then that's where he's going to go. 
when he graduated, he took a job in North Carolina, and his father said, you can come live with me. And I spoke to his father. I said, listen, let him live with you for a year. Let him save his money, and then he'll go out on his own. A month in, my son called me so upset, saying that his father asked him for $500 a month to live there. I can't even believe that. And if he, if he doesn't pay the 500 he's got to get out. And I told oh, my, my God. Yeah, and I told my son, pack your bags. Do not give your father a dollar. I bet I will that was help his you. wife's idea. <laughs> yep, I will help you. I will give you what you need. I bought him his bedroom furniture, and um, I assist him with money. And he has been on his own for the past year and a half. And you know something? It was probably the best thing ever because his father is just not the best person, I guess, to be around. And the ex-wife having, I mean, his wife having so many, um, God, what do you call that when you're you're jealous and you're mad and, you know, you feel like somebody's been taking all your money, resentment towards my son, um, it probably wouldn't have worked out. I feel like the new spouses cause a lot of problems. They do. They do. It's so often we get people in our office who just got married and... You know, it's usually like a husband paying alimony or paying child support. And the new wife is harping on, you know, you should, this should be lower. We need to yes. get rid of this. They need to get over it and be quiet yeah. because that is just not acceptable. It, you know, this is a child and you married this person that has a child. You accept the responsibility. Yes. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that 100%. You, you know what you're getting. This person has other obligations, and you have to live with it. You should have to I accept hate to be, it. like, critical of it, but I see it to be more of the new wife with the ex-husband of the other spouse because they have a hard time accepting it. Yeah, I think so. I think you're right. Absolutely. So you've been through, you know, the legal process twice. What What is it about the process do you th- – do you think that people um, don't understand or have an illusion about that, you know, that you've learned by going through it? Well, I think that they really don't understand. Sometimes people are asking above and beyond what they should be getting or what they feel that they're owed. And I think that is just on behalf of the attorney that's represented him, false advertisement. And, like when I met with you, you were very honest and upfront. You said, this is it. You wouldn't ask for anything above or below. This is what you're entitled to. We're going to ask for this. We're going to get this. And this is what the law requires. People are just in their, their own world. They're, they're in fiction. And they're so angry and bitter that they need to put those differences aside. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's that's what it all goes down to. I mean, it goes with custody, what we were just talking about, money, everything. It all boils down to, you know what? You, I'll just use cheating because it's easy. You cheated on me, you're going to pay. That's right. But that goes to emotion. We always explain to people because one of the questions we get on every consultation is, how long is this going to take and how much is it going to cost? And I always say that depends on you. It depends on you and your spouse. If you can settle early and quickly, then it, you won't spend a fortune, and it'll get obviously it'll get done quickly. But if you can put aside your emotions and treat this like it's a business transaction, and be reasonable, have reasonable expectations, which I can help you with as the attorney. 
Right, to guide you. Yeah, if you're going to listen to that and you're going to treat it like a business transaction, then it won't drag on forever and the cost will be relatively minimal. Um, But the people that are just so angry and so emotional and they just can't get past that, those are the ones that take forever and the people spend tens of thousands. And they're only torturing themselves. They are, yeah. And their bank accounts and their attorneys. It, It just doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. I mean, somebody coming in, you would advise them to work at an agreement and what you feel that they should be getting. You know, this is actually, isn't, isn't there a law, like in New Jersey, like when you make a certain amount of money, this is what you get, this is what you're entitled to? The child, you mean like the child support guidelines? The child support, the alimony, isn't there guidelines on that? Well, there's, there's guidelines on child support and rules of thumb on alimony. I mean, I think you're absolutely right, though, that... Um, expectations are the key to having a um, low emotion divorce. If your expectations are correct and you're not going to think you're getting everything or think you're getting nothing, if your expectations are grounded, then you're going to be able to get through the process a lot quicker. I mean, in your specific situation, your ex-husband had good advice, I think, but he wasn't listening. and. Exactly. And and if you're not going to listen, it doesn't matter how great your attorney is. So, you know, if you're going through the process, number one, you got to listen. Number two, you got to get rid of your emotions. Like Christina just said, it's a business transaction. It really is. I mean, paying for college, like we were doing with your son, yes, it's emotional in the fact that he's your son and you want to make sure he gets to go to college. But it's dollars and cents. It's, you know, the, uh, dad makes X. Mother makes Y, cost of school is Z. Here's how we're going to divide the costs. It's there's no emotion involved. That's those are facts and figures. It's a business transaction, and it's something that most people and we harp on this every time we talk about it. That if people looked at it as they were buying a car or buying a house or doing anything else, they would get through this process a lot quicker. They would. And, and, you know, that we don't mean to be insensitive. People are human beings. They have yeah. emotions. They've been hurt, you know, especially if someone cheated on them or, you know, there was some other um, betrayal like that. But it's you. It's your life. So you can choose to try to manage those emotions, go to therapy and work through that so that you can treat you're able to treat your divorce like a business transaction or you can just ignore all that and you can just you know just let all that emotion take over your entire life and Which you is can spend exhausting. Yeah, it is. People get exhausted. They do. They... It's exhausting and wearing and it's just going to beat them down. My famous saying is you got to put on your big girl panties. <laughs> I like that too. I have said that to people. You have to be. I have to be careful who I say that to. But you, you, put yeah, on your well, big. Sometimes I say to John, just put on your big girl I, panties and let's I say do it this. To everybody. I mean, there's been many situations. I'm sure, Christine, you've gone through things in your life, and John has gone through things in his life. That it's like, how are you going to get through this? But you really need to kind of put your emotions aside and get through what you need to get through because it's only going to break you down and it's only going to take you that much longer to bring yourself back up. Yeah. 
Well, is, and I have my gr- big girl panties on right now, so I'm glad you, you both can be very excited. <laughs> well, Kim, I really want to thank you so much for joining us today. Um, this has been a great conversation, and it's something a lot of people don't feel comfortable talking about the process they went through. And I think hearing a lot of I, you said a lot of things today that I thought were wonderful, and uh, I think a lot of people going through this process should hear a lot of what you said and take it to heart. It's so wonderful that your son has grown up to be such an, a wonderful young man, that you've got this great uh, family, these three other great children, um, a wonderful husband that um, you like to gross out your kids and still be affectionate with. That's all, one. <laughs> yeah, that's that's all absolutely wonderful. But I really want to thank you so much. It takes um, not everyone's brave enough to come on the radio and talk about their experience. So thank you so much. You are welcome. I'm a big advocate on paying it forward. And if I feel if somebody can hear me and listen to me and I can help them feel stronger, be stronger, get through this, that's what it's all about. And so if anybody's in the Mammoth County, County area and they want to bring their little girl or, or their little boy to dance lessons, well, how do they reach you? How do they find you? Oh, we are CODA, Center of Dance Arts of, of 520 and Genesee Drive. We are a family-based dance studio where we teach the children through love and nurturing and just to enjoy dance and have a great time. It is a wonderful place. I highly recommend it. Well, th- thank you so much for joining us today. If you'd thank like to, you. li- if you'd like to listen to any of our prior podcasts, you can go to divorcehappyhour.com. We'll see you soon.